Amen. Well, before we get into the Word, I want to just take a couple minutes to do a little activity. This is an interactive activity. So hopefully, this doesn't make you... Un- well, it might make you uncomfortable. That doesn't bother me, actually. It makes you uncomfortable. If you're new with us and it makes you uncomfortable, then I feel a little bad. But, but it's okay. Uh, because there's good things to talk about and good things to celebrate. So we're going we're gonna to do just a little prayer activity uh, here in a moment. And uh, we're going to partner with two or three people together in the room, and we're going to pray over something. You see, Friday evening, around 4 o'clock, um, our engineers who we've hired to, to work on our site development project submitted all of our documents to the city of Ording. And so on Monday morning when they come in, they're in their inbox, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of pages of things to go through. And so with, this isn't the first time we've submitted, but we've, we've gone around and around, and, and there's a lot of items. I was counting, it was like 20-some different items, of pages per item. And, uh, and what, we're, what this is about is we're submitting to the city the development agreement so that we can begin to develop the site. We need approval from the, the city uh, officials. We need approval from the city council. Uh, there's, a, there's a lot that goes into that. So uh, it, it's a lot of work to get done, uh, but there's a lot of work that's been done. And so we're submitting uh, the proposal to put this church in this certain spot with these parking spaces, with this sewer design, with this water design, with this power design, with like all that going out, this storm water design, and this pond here, and this there, that, and these native species planted here, and I, I don't know. It's way above my head. But I do know this, is that there's been a lot of work that's done. There's been a lot of prayer. There's been a little heartache. But it's time for review. And so our role as the body of Christ, I believe, is to now intercede that God would expedite this whole process, that it would fall into the right hands, and that it would have its favor and blessing upon this work. Amen? I mean, there, could you imagine being on this property and then there's air conditioning at the same time? How great would that be? I mean, come on, like today's like day. So, so as we, our plans are, are going into the hands of the city, now, now our, we take our hands off and we trust that God has the rest under control. And so let's pray this morning. And so if you could find one or two people to pray with, we're going to take two minutes and we're going to pray God's favor upon these plans as they sit in the hands of the city. And today after church, if you'd like to, if you've never been out on our property or walked our property, if you go out to your left, there's lots of trails. Some of them are really good trails and some of them are more, I don't know, blaze your own trail. They're there, but they're kind of there. There's also like blackberries and stuff that you can pick and eat. They're starting to ripen. So it's a good day for a nature walk. And just go and see like how big this property actually is and pray for what God's going to do. You're welcome to do that after service anytime. So let's get in groups of two or three. Find someone, meet someone you don't know. And let's just take two minutes and let's pray God's favor over these plants. Let's do that for just a moment. Hello, everybody. Um, All morning, I've been getting this sensing from the Lord that some of us are struggling. Some of us are beat down. Some of us have relatives that are far away. Some of us are watching what's going on in the world. And he gave me Nehemiah 8 to remember that you have the joy of the Lord in you. 
Amen. Be happy that he separated you from death. Have joy that you know that he will provide for everything that you need, including friends or whatever. So Nehemiah 8, put the joy of the Lord in your heart, folks. Remember that. Remember that. Amen, amen. All right, receive that today. Oh, summer. So exciting. It's here. Some good road trips going on. Burbages, see you out on that bike. It's on Facebook, at least. Good. Bunkers just were, like, all over the place. I mean, you guys were, like, cross-country. Awesome. Looks like a good road trip. Hopefully you get some time to enjoy time with your family this, this week and the weeks to come. Uh, our word of the year this year for, this, for 2022 is move mountains. I believe God is moving mountains. And just seeing building project plans submitted, that, that was a mountain. It was a pretty big mountain. And, uh, and it's taken a lot of work and a lot of time to get here, but God's moving mountains. And uh, mountains don't just move, though. They move by faith, Jesus tells us. But have you noticed that faith comes under attack? Has that ever happened to anybody? Or your faith comes under attack. We believe what God can do. We believe we know what God can do, but our faith is under fire. Our fa- has anyone ever had their faith under fire before? <laughs> when you look in our world as a Christian, your faith is under fire. Right now in our world. When your faith is under fire, the outlook doesn't make sense. The mountain's not moving. How do you stand in faith? How do you continue to stand in faith? And in this series, we're going to go back to the book of Hebrews. We're going to wrap up the book of Hebrews over the next couple months. And we're going, to, we're going to pick up here in Hebrews 10. And in this series, the author of Hebrews shows us what to do when our faith is under fire. Aren't you glad that God's word gives us the answers we need to this life? So we're going to learn what to do when your faith is under fire. <laughs> you know, have you ever like, been roasted a marshmallow really close to the fire and you look down and like, all the hair on your hand is singed and gone? Right, it's just you get too close. Anyone ever get too close to a fire, and you realize like it's going to take a while to grow these eyebrows back, like really close. They open the oven too fast, and you don't give it a second to cool off, and you stick your face in there, and it's just, whoo, man, it's just the heat, and that's what happens to our faith sometimes. It gets close to fire, and we kind of get a little bit charred, a little bit burned, and we need God to come and do a work in our faith. And so we're going to open up to Hebrews chapter ten starting with verse 32, uh, pick up where we left off in Hebrews on our last sermon series. And we're going to talk this whole series about how to survive faith under fire. I think this is such a timely message that the church needs today because you're going out into your world day after day. You're going to your job sites. You're going to the marketplace. You're going to all these different places and you find that your faith is under fire. And God's people need to stand. God's people need to be able to know how to endure that. So Hebrews 10, verse 32. If you're following along in our church app, Abundant Life Ording, there's notes there if you'd like to use those as well. Let's go verse 32 of Hebrews 10. Remember those earlier days after you had received the light when you endured in such great conflict full of suffering. Sometimes you were publicly exposed to insult and persecution, and at other times you stood side by side with those who were so treated. You suffered along with those in prison and you joyfully accepted the confiscation of your property because you knew that you had yourselves a better and lasting possession. 
So do not throw away your confidence. It will be richly rewarded. You need to persevere so that when you have done the will of God, you will receive what he has promised. For in just a little while, he who is coming will come and will not delay. And my righteous one will live by faith, and I take no pleasure in the one who shrinks back. Verse 39, but we do not belong to those who shrink back and are destroyed, but to those who have faith and are saved. God has a word for you this morning about how to survive faith under fire. And we're going we're gonna to look at this first section here, verse 32. And the first thing that he talks about here is this group of Christians who in the early days of the church had undergone terrific persecution. Like, terrific not in a good way, but terrifically bad persecution. Like, they had gone through some really hard things. And he's reminding them, when you were first saved... When you first came to Jesus, like you would, you would do anything. You would stand with those who were hurting. If someone wanted to ridicule your faith, you'd say, I don't care because Jesus saved my life. Some of you can remember those days in your life. You first came to Jesus and there was so much hope that you never knew existed. The love of God found you and you never knew that you could be loved in this way. And there was such a change in your outlook and in your life. It didn't matter. It didn't matter what anybody said about who you were. It didn't matter what anybody said about this God that you serve. You were willing to just lose it all. It didn't matter. Does anyone remember the days you like first found Jesus and you were like, man, doesn't, I'll say anything, I'll tell everybody about Jesus. Like when you have someone who comes to know Jesus, your life gets radically changed. I think of the people that Jesus healed and restored and they found Jesus, they received healing, they went and told everybody. Even the people who Jesus said, hey, don't go tell anybody. They went and told more people. They just couldn't help it. Jesus had changed their life. But he's reminding them that you were once this way, but then there's this sober reminder of this. He says that faith that fades, falters. Faith that fades, falters. You can write that down if you're taking notes. Faith that fades, falters. This initial impact that Jesus had on their lives that it so changed them, that it, that it so brought them to this place. It looks like what we see here, and this really, this little section in Hebrews really helps us see the whole context of the whole book, is that you have a people who, who were in, had endured so much for Jesus. They were publicly insulted, and they stood by their friends when their friends were. They got arrested. They had their property confiscated, but nothing could steal their joy. Nothing could steal their joy in Jesus. They were standing on that joy that Steve was just talking about, the joy of the Lord. Nothing would hinder their confidence in the Lord. Nothing would interfere with their faith. And he's reminding them in this moment, I want you to think back to that. I want you to remember back to when you first came to Jesus, when the truth of the gospel changed you, when you were zealous for the Lord. Because over time, life has worn you down. And maybe some of you are in that same situation where life has worn you down and that initial faith that you had in Jesus has begun to fade. Maybe even at the beginning of this year, you started this year and said, yeah, God's going to move this mountain in my life. And here we are the first week of August. And you're thinking to yourself, oh, I don't know, maybe it's not going anywhere. Maybe it just is the way that it is. And that faith that you once had has begun to fade. This is, this is exactly what they were going through. Now in Revelation 2.4, the Apostle John has a revelation of Jesus. And Jesus comes and he speaks to this, the seven churches. 
And he says this to the church at Ephesus. He says, you have abandoned the love you had at first. Essentially, your faith has faded. You stop believing that I could move this mountain. You stop believing that this thing that you're believing for is ever going to happen. And, and you had so much passion. You had so much faith. You had so much belief. But you let discouragement define your direction. And that is not a good place to be as a Christian when we allow discouragement to define our direction. Because when you allow that discouragement to define your direction, you find yourself wandering. You find yourself in hopeless places. Instead, faith is to set our direction. Faith that fades falters. I think we wonder sometimes why we fall down. We get frustrated when we stumble. Now, maybe some of you, like your walk with Jesus has just been like this smooth path. It's like this like perfect growth chart where it just kind of goes in a straight line. I've met zero of those people, so I'd love to talk to you if that's you. I mean, mostly it's like a roller coaster, right? And you're, it's looking good, and then there's this big drop, and you just kind of scream, ah, you know, in horror because you didn't see the drop coming. And then you work your way back up, but you keep moving in Jesus. We have got to, as we walk in our life, realize that if we allow this faith, if we allow this relationship with Jesus to just be put on autopilot, then it begins to fade, and when it begins to fade, it falters. That's when we stumble at fall. But the opposite of tr is true as well. Faith that is fed is faith that endures the fire. Faith that is fed is faith that endures the fire. In Jude 1.20, he tells us to build ourselves up in our most holy faith. Our most holy faith. I'm going to back up in Hebrews 10. I just want to look at this, verse 23. It says this, Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. That's how you feed your faith. That's how your faith is fed, is that you hold on to the hope that was promised. You continue to be in relationship with the body of Christ. I'll tell you what, I've met many a people who say, I love Jesus and I can serve him by myself. And I would say to that person, listen, faith that fades falters. If you are going to be a Christian isolationist, you aren't walking out the word of God in your life. You are to not forsake the gathering. Why? Why? It's not so that Pastor Brad can have somebody to preach to. It's so that we can live together in community. And when you're discouraged, you can find some. Some of you gathered with a couple people to pray for a building project. But those same people that prayed with you for that can pray for you when you come in a few weeks and you're going through something and it's really hard. And you say, you know, I know I don't know you that well, but we prayed together for God, this building plan. Can you pray for me for this situation that I'm going through? And the body of Christ comes and rallies around each other and our faith is fed and our faith is encouraged. And, and you have, like Steve comes up and shares a word, our faith is fed, our faith is encouraged when we're in relationship with each other. Faith is not fed in isolation. It doesn't happen by withdrawing. I believe God wants to rekindle faded faith and maybe that's you're in a place today where you're just like, I just don't know if God really can. I don't know, I'm not feeling it. I don't know if God can really come through. Do not throw away your confidence, he says. Instead, persevere. 
And so understand this principle. If you are in a place in your life where you're saying, you know, I just don't know. I don't find myself praying. I don't really find myself asking God for anything in faith. I don't believe that I'm standing on the truth of God. It's time to get back into the Word of God. It's time to get back into relationship with God. It's time to feed your faith in your life. And that happens as we gather and as we commit ourselves to the Word of God. Faith that is fed is faith that endures the fire. The second thing we learn from verse 36, he says you need to persevere so that when you have done the will of God, you will receive what he has promised. Second thing I want to tell you this morning is this, is that perseverance precedes the promise. Oh, we just want a promise. And then we want to sit back and say, okay, God, you said it. So, so you know, it's good. It's just going to happen. Now, the truth is, is that sometimes God says, this is what I'm going to do. And then it just happens. And other times God says, this is what I'm going to do. And I want you to persevere. And I want you to persevere through it. See, if we're going to see mountains move, perseverance will be required. If we're going to experience the promises of God, we can't give up. When your faith is under fire, when you go out into this world and you find, you know what, my faith is under fire. I'm dealing with doubt right now. My faith is under fire because I prayed for this and I haven't seen results yet. My faith is under fire because I'm running into people in my life saying, you believe in that? You think God really can do this? Do you really believe this? And you begin to have these things come at you over and over and over at you. You you walk into a, a conversation and they're talking about how dumb Christians are. And you're yourself, should I say anything? And your faith is under fire. And you don't know what to do in these moments. Well, it doesn't mean you just put on a happy face and make big faith statements and to pretend on the outside but be dying on the inside and just smile and go, well, my God is bigger than the boogeyman. I saw it in VeggieTales one time, so that's it. And I'm just going to smile. And people say, how are you doing? You go, I'm great. And inside you're saying, I'm dying. Inside you're saying, my faith has faded. My faith has faltered. I'm just, no, I'm good. I'm great. And you know, you're thinking to yourself, I'm fooling everybody. They believe it. And you got friends and they're, they're thinking to themselves, how do I say this to her? I don't believe her. <laughs> I don't believe her. I think she's worn down. Your faith is under fire. To keep your faith under fire, it says, here's the, here's the solution. You've got to persist in doing the will of God. Now, I can't persist every day in waking up and just being happy every moment. I can't have a terrible night's sleep and wake up and be like, I feel so refreshed and so good. You can ask my wife. I can't just fake like, no, I'm not grumpy today. Like there's a, there's a moment where I got to get over it and I got to move on. But you, you can't just always pretend. It says, if you want the promise of God in your life, the perseverance is in doing the will of God. The will of God. I don't need to pretend with my emotions. I don't need to pretend with my attitudes, but what I do need to do is I need to be consistent with saying, Brad, are you walking out the will of God for your life? Are you walking in integrity in this moment? Are you treating your wife the way that Christ treated the church? And begin to look at what is the will of God in my life. So many, this is the the struggle, and I think many of you have this same frustration 
with the global church, not global, I guess, the national church in America so much. And I think the Church of America, God has put in a spark in and a fire of revival in the church in America. But I think there's been a season in which there's been a complacency in that where we just kind of go, well, you know, I'm just going to live my life the way I want to live my life, and I'm going to ask God to come and bless my lifestyle. But the way that God's Word teaches us to live is that we live according to the will of God and the blessing of God and the favor of God comes upon a life that is living by the will of God. And so as a Christian, we should be looking at God's Word and we should say, I want to live according to God's Word. You can't expect the promise of God to come through in your life unless you decide to live the way of God in your life. If you're going to keep your faith under the fire, you've got to persist in doing the will of the Lord. Persevere in the will of the Lord. There's so much that we can draw from God's Word. And there's, on the other hand, there's so much draw from the world. Have you felt it? Has anyone felt the strong pull of culture to abandon the ways of God? Have you seen it in your world? Have you seen it in your life? Some of you that are maybe in workplaces, job sites that might be in rough conditions, or some of you in school situations might be in places where there is this cultural pull from the world that says, come, come do it this way. This is what's going to give you happiness. This is what's going to make you fit in. This is what is going to make it so that you don't stand out. And yet there's this pull from our culture to abandon the ways of God. And it's faith under fire. It is our faith under fire. And if you would determine to live your life according to God's will, God's way, here's what I've learned in my years of living for God, is that if I align with God's purposes, I'm aligning myself with God's promises. That's what I've learned in my life. If I would align myself with God's purposes, then I'm aligning myself with God's promises. We want the promises without God's purposes, but that's not how it works, friends. There is perseverance required. You've got to get determination in your life. You've got to be determined that the attraction of this world's not going to pull me away from God's way, that I won't compromise His standard for my life. And I think of Jesus in the wilderness. I mean, that's, that's a crazy temptation. 40 days with no food, and then you're tempted. I don't know about you, but I can't imagine the situation of having fasted for 40 days. Does anyone have a a struggle fasting for one day besides me? (laughs) If I had some supernatural ability to turn rock into a loaf of bread, I'm sorry, but I'm cashing in on that on like day 12 at least, maybe day two. And after 40 days, Jesus is tempted by Satan and he tempts him with all these things. And one of them is to turn a rock into bread. And he says, I'm not compromising. I will not be deterred from walking out the Father's path for me. And this devil says, no, here's a shortcut. Just do it this way. It'll be easier. It won't be hard this way. And he says, listen, I know what the Father's will is for my life. I am not going to believe the lie that there's a shortcut to the goodness of God. I'm not going to believe that there's a shortcut to God's promise. I'm not going to believe there's a shortcut to God's way. And through his time ministering on earth, over and over, Jesus said, I am here to do the will of the Father. What if our lives were marked by that same phrase? 
I'm just here to do the will of the Father. I'm here to live out my life by the will of God. I want to be someone whose life is marked by doing the will of God. But church, you've got to persevere through trials and storms. Any of you went to summer camp last week? A few of you went to summer camp? Isn't it so easy to do the will of God while you're at summer camp? I mean, it's so easy. Like everybody's just like serving the Lord all in one direction. You're at a women's retreat and everybody's just like, oh, Jesus, and you're going and it's just awesome. And you're like, this is going to be the best. This is just, this isn't even hard. And I'm just serving Jesus and it's awesome. And then Monday comes. And you're like, this is a little harder than I thought. Perseverance, church. Perseverance. Perseverance leads to the promise. I'm going to persevere. No, I'm going to keep living God's way. I know it was a week ago that camp was there, and I know it's not that high where we're all hyped up and worship's going and all this stuff, but listen, I'm going to persevere to live my life according to the will of God because I believe that God has promises for my life, promises for my future. He says you need to persevere so that when you have done the will of God, you will receive what He has promised. Finally, this morning, the last thing is this, it says in verse 39, we do not belong to those who shrink back and are destroyed, but to those who have faith and are saved. I need you to know this, that it is immovable people who move mountains. It's immovable people who move mountains. I wonder what club we are in. We could all ask ourselves that question. What club am I in? Am I in the shrink back club or am I in the stand firm club? If there was two clubs that you could join in this life, when your faith comes under fire, what club do you find yourself in? When your faith begins to get hit, when you begin to get the doubts of life and doubts begin to come in and doubts begin to flood your mind and you're not sure if Jesus can really come through or if people begin to speak to you or ridicule you or whatever it happens to be, the question really you ask yourself is, what club am I going to be in? And I tell you what, it's best to decide beforehand. It's best to decide beforehand. Am I going to be in the one that shrinks back and says, oh no, it's okay. Um, never mind. Maybe God didn't really say that. Um, I'm not sure. Maybe that's not really what the Bible means. Yeah, it's true. I'm probably, you know, too loud as a Christian and I'm over here and I'm just going in the shrink back club and all the while the faith that God has for me and the promises that God has for me are over here and I need to be in this place where I say, no, I'm standing firm. The fire can come at me, but I'm not moving. The fire can come at me, but I believe that God is going to hold me steady and I am going to be immovable. That instead of me shrinking back, I'm going to expect that the mountain is what shrinks back. That it is what's going to move. I love 1 Corinthians 15, 58 that says, Be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. Friends, when your faith is under fire, I want to encourage you today, stand your ground. Stand your ground. Get your feet planted in a really good position to have your feet planted and standing firm. you got to stand firm. I mean, you could... Have you ever played that, the contest where you try to... There's Silas. You want to come help me? My, my buddy? Like, if Silas... If I was just standing here, he'd just go ahead and push me, right? right? But, if, but if I knew he was coming to push, and I get myself set, go ahead, and I'm going to stand firm, 
right? Thank you. And because I'm going to get my feet planted. If I'm just walking through this life and like, oh, you know, Jesus is good and, and things hit and I just get pushed back, but I got to get out into this life and say, you know what? I see the fire coming and I'm going to plant my feet and I'm going to stand firm so that when it pushes, I won't move. That I'm not going to move on this. Jesus, I love this verse in Luke 21, 19. You can take this one to the bank. Stand firm and you will win life, Jesus says. Who wants to win life? I want to win life. Stand firm though. You've got to stand firm. Some of you have been getting pushed around. Your faith has been through the fire and some of you got burn marks on your faith. You feel like, man, it is just, I've been hit. You're standing, but you got weary and you found yourself shrinking back. And I want to encourage you today, no more. No more shrinking back. God is calling you to an immovable faith today. An immovable faith. That faith that moves mountains. I was thinking of this story, and you probably heard it in the Old Testament, of these three guys, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. You ever heard of those guys? Man, these guys were immovable in their faith. They were put in a situation where they were told they had to bow down to the idols of that land. And they said, we're not bowing. And they said, well, we see your faith, but here's the thing, guys. If you don't bow, if you're going to stand firm, your faith is going to meet some fire. Your faith is going to go through the fire. If you think that somehow your God's going to come through for you, well, I got news for you. You're about to feel the fire. And these three young men were determined to trust in God. They refused to bow down to cultural idols. Church, we must refuse to bow down to the cultural idols that are in our world right now. And despite opposition, they stood firm. And you know what happened to these three guys? If you don't know the story, maybe you do. Not only did their faith get under fire, they physically were put in the fire. But the good news is this, the author and perfecter of our faith, Jesus, was with them in the fire. And when they had come through the fire, it says this in Daniel 3.27, it says, Then the high officers, officials, governors, and advisors crowded around them, and saw that the fire had not touched them. Not a hair on their heads was singed, and their clothing was scorched, was not scorched. They didn't even smell of smoke. Can you imagine what that would be like in your life? These guys faced a physical fire. They didn't even smell of smoke. What would happen in your life if you determined that as your faith is under fire, that you are going to feed your faith, that you are going to persevere, that you are going to be immovable, that you will stand your ground. I believe that what will happen is that God's people will come through that fire and they won't even smell of smoke. That there will be no burns, there will be no issues. Instead, what there will be on the other side of the fire is a testimony that God is greater still. Your faith is going to be under fire at some point in your life. And some of you are walking through that fire right now. Where the fire has touched you. Your hair is singed. You do smell like smoke. And I believe God wants to reestablish your footing today. That you would make a decision today to say, I am going to be a person who feeds my faith. 
I am going to be a person who perseveres. I am going to be a person who is immovable. This is living with faith under fire. And I believe that God can establish you. And you can have the same testimony of these three young men in your world. So will you stand with me this morning? The worship team's going to lead us. And as they do, I want to pray over you, but I also want to invite some of you forward for prayer. That if you've been in places in your life, you realize, you know what? Right now in this world, in this place, in this time, my faith has been under fire. I've started to doubt who God is. Maybe I haven't, I haven't been serving God. I haven't been really living for Him. Or maybe the faith under fire is, is you know, I'm, I'm constantly un- undergoing things that I just feel like, God, can I get a break? I just don't know if any, anymore, God, if I believe you can come through for me this time again. God wants to reestablish your footing today. And I want to encourage you this morning, if you're in that place, I want you to come together come forward whether to pray with one of our prayer partners or just come forward we've got a mat down here you can or you can you can stand but just say God I'm going to reestablish my footing in you today and when I go back out into my world I'm ready to walk in faith again I'm ready to have my faith revived again Lord this morning so as I pray even for you if that's you why don't you just come on forward Even now, just come on forward. We want to pray with you today. We want to give you an opportunity to just stand before the Lord and say, God, reestablish my faith. Reestablish my footing. Maybe you're in a place where you're saying, God, yeah, I've walked with the Lord for a long time, but, you know, I'm just kind of, I'm just kind of living it. I'm just kind of living like a Christian sometimes. I'm, I'm not really like digging into my faith. I'm just kind of settle into the status of, yeah, I'm Christian, but there's really no, no substance anymore in my day to day. God wants you to reestablish your footing today. Lord God, we come before you this morning. We thank you that you are with us in the fire. Help us, Lord God, to establish our footing again, that we would have faith under fire, Lord God, that it would be fed, that it would, that it would persevere immovable, God. Reestablish us today. I pray for anyone here this morning who has felt the flames of the fire, Lord, and they're discouraged. They've been moved. They've walked away from you. Lord, we pray right now that you would come and you would revive us today. Revive our hearts again today, Lord God. And we return to first love. We return to Lord God saying, I need you. I need you to revive the hope in me again. I need you to revive the faith in me again. I need you to revive the confidence in me again. Lord, Increase our faith. In Jesus' name, amen.